Welcome to the Get Real About Safety podcast. In our podcast, we discuss the new view of safety, what works and what doesn't work, to break down old paradigms and help you improve safety performance in your organization. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Pam, and we appreciate you listening. Please share and subscribe and tell others about this podcast. You can find us on most podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Good morning. How is everyone doing? I have been working from home and going from one Zoom call or training to another. I must admit that while face-to-face learning is preferred, the upside is that I have more time to enjoy my life now that I'm not commuting back and forth. I do think that even though we will eventually go back to some semblance of normal work in the future, working from home, doing meetings and training in a virtual setting will not go away. Just the cost savings alone of not requiring people to travel to and from a location is going to be seen as a benefit to most companies. With my increase in free time, I've taken more walks in the woods with my dog, Lily, and I've spent more time on creative pursuits that have given me some increase in peace of mind. So with November approaching, I am grateful for that time not spent in traffic. Today, I wanted to talk about the term complacency. Every time I ask someone why they think an accident or an event occurred, I hear this term used. This concerns me because that term means we may lack understanding about what really led up to an event and because it tends to lead us to blame. Anytime we fall into the blame trap, we lose our ability to learn. There are three main responses that I hear used when talking about why an accident or an event occurred. The cause is usually attributed to human error, to not paying attention, or to complacency. We talk more about human error on other podcasts. The bottom line is that human error is normal, cannot be eliminated, and can be divided into two categories, a mental lapse or a violation. Rarely do we make the distinction between the two when analyzing accidents or events. We also talk more about the difference between a mental lapse or a violation and whether the action is culpable behavior on the previous podcast. So please check that one out if you have questions regarding the distinction between a mental lapse or a violation. Today, let's focus on not paying attention or complacency. The term not paying attention is used in a negative way to indicate the person was bad and failed to pay attention. Science is clear that it is impossible for a human to pay attention 100% of the time. So the term is not helpful and it lends no learning or understanding to the event. Part of the reason we can't pay attention is that our brains are not wired to process the enormous amount of information overload we incur in the modern world. Neurons in our brain deliberately filter out what is perceived as unnecessary information so we can focus on the task at hand. Which means that when a worker is highly focused on accomplishing a task, especially a complicated task, they cannot pay attention to everything going on around them. This happens all day long in the workplace until an event occurs 
And then we blame the worker for something that is totally out of their control. We are easily distracted. In fact, you probably have not been paying full attention to this podcast 100% of the time. Your mind has likely wandered and you have missed some of the content of this discussion. If you stop paying attention to a task at hand so that you're able to pay attention to the events unfolding around you, and this leads to an upset in the work you are performing, then you have failed to pay attention. This creates a trap for the worker. Pay attention to the task or pay attention to your surroundings. Remember, it is not possible for a human to do both. Either way, a gap in attention results. Using the term not paying attention as a causal factor to an event does nothing for us in terms of understanding or improving our system. So what about complacency? How does complacency differ from not paying attention? Well, dictionary.com defines complacency as a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger, defect, or the like, self-satisfaction or smoke satisfaction with an existing situation, condition, etc. That smoke satisfaction part of the definition may be why people use a negative inflection when they say the word complacency. We equate complacency to being lax or deficient in some way, which means we are blaming the worker for being human and we are not focusing on what failed, but instead who failed. Human error, complacency, not paying attention, those are all active triggers. They are the actions of a human that set off a chain of events due to weaknesses in the system. They are not the causes of accidents. So when I hear one of these terms, my first question is, what performance mode was the worker in? If you cannot answer that, you cannot understand how the actions or lack of action by the worker made sense to them at the time. Assembly line work or performing any repetitive task means the worker is in a skill-based performance mode. And by nature, it will be difficult for the worker to stay focused. There are defenses or what we call human performance or HP tools that can be used to reduce this risk such as automatic shutoffs, wearables, or alarms that can reduce the chance of error in these situations. The rule-based performance mode has to do with memorizing rules. Events resulting from misinterpretation of rules, policies, procedures, or work instructions fall into this performance mode. Many of our most critical tasks put the worker in the rule-based mode and failures of interpretation or memory can be catastrophic. When a worker must perform a critical task, one where a mental lapse or error would potentially be life altering, HP tools are a necessity. For example, Lotto or energized work always creates the opportunity for a serious injury or fatality, what we call a SIF, when not if a worker makes an error or a misinterpretation. If we are not robust in our procedure development, our oversight, our auditing, and if we fail to incorporate HP tools into that process, an event is likely. HP tools for rule-based modes 
include using three-way communication techniques, use of checklists, peer checks, and or pre-work briefings. Just adding these tools to your safety program will not fix this problem. You must also ensure leadership oversight, auditing of the use of the techniques, and worker input to that system. If you are not using any of these techniques for critical tasks, you could expect a failure in your system at some point. The knowledge-based performance mode is where a worker is performing a task which they have little experience for or not skilled in. In this case, the chance of error is very high and just sitting through a training class is not enough. They may also need mentoring, coaching, oversight, and feedback. If you add lack of experience, a need to memorize and interpret rules, and a task with SIF potential, you have a prescription for disaster. Failure to understand performance modes or human performance principles results in our inability to understand the real causes, or what we refer to as latent conditions, that create opportunities for humans to trigger those system weaknesses. Saying that the worker was not paying attention, failed to follow a rule, or was complacent is a cop-out. Relying on a worker to not make a mistake or to pay attention 100% of the time demonstrates our own lack of knowledge. Shifting the blame to the worker means we not only learn nothing, but we also damage our credibility with the workforce. Workers are more aware of deficiencies in our systems than we are. If we blame the worker without addressing the system failures, we create distrust, resulting in less feedback from the subject matter experts, the workers. So what should we do? First, we need to educate managers, safety staff, supervisors, and workers in human performance principles. We need to incorporate those principles into our processes. We need to also be aware of error-likely situations in the workplace. An example of that might be a messy, disorganized work area. Another example might be an unguarded opening or defective tools. If a worker is focused on a task, they should not be placed in a situation that requires them to be on guard against error traps. An error trap is a hazardous condition that is poised to trigger harm. It's also known as a landmine and it virtually guarantees that an error will occur sooner or later. We also need to be aware of error precursors. These are conditions that increase the chance of error by exceeding human limitations. Examples include situations where a worker lacks experience or proficiency with a task or is fatigued. Blaming the worker for failing to pay attention or being complacent demonstrates a weakness in our system and in our knowledge. It is a cop-out and it's lazy thinking. When safety professionals use that term, it means they have likely been trained in rules and regulations, but lack education and understanding in how the human brain works and in principles of human performance. Focusing on who failed means we never address what failed and it sets us up for a continuing cycle of blame, shame, retrain, and fail again. So change your vocabulary, be a teacher, be a deep thinker, 
and bring enlightenment and understanding to your organization and to your relationships. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you again soon.